0: Hello and welcome to DealCast, I'm Juliana Needham. Today we're talking about the long-running process of 21st Century Fox's attempt to buy Sky and we're also looking at shareholder activism with an interview from an investor. Firstly, Sky, Samantha Tomaschik is here. The sale of Sky to 21st Century Fox is preconditional on approval from the Competition and Markets Authority, which is seen as a major regulatory risk. How close are we now to the CMA ruling?
1: We're getting there. Um, It's a 24-week Phase 2 investigation, so fairly lengthy. Um, The deadline is at the start of March, so still some way to go. However, there's a really key deadline coming up in mid-December. That's when we'll see the provisional findings, and also at that stage the CMA can consider remedies. So that'll be really interesting to see whether they have uh, proposed the same remedies as last time. Because yes, remedies were proposed in Phase 1, these focused on preserving its toilet independence, there was talk of a semi-independent board for Sky News, really just separating the shareholder influence from Sky News.
0: And are the same remedies likely to put forward again with an improved version, or or could we see different remedies?
1: Indeed, so sources have said that although these were rejected at Phase 1, which is often the case with behavioural remedies, generally speaking, um, these remedies were never really taken off the table they were always there in the background and from very early on in the phase one investigation in fact sources have said that they are comfortable or somewhat comfortable with offering remedies that just aim at preserving the editorial independence of sky news and also maybe keeping it at an arm's length now what arm's length means is still not a hundred percent clear but I suppose they will be looking at whether they can go further with the remedies originally proposed perhaps you know extending the independence of the board will it be completely independent perhaps
0: and could we see the sale of sky news altogether
1: i no i think from from whoever you speak to it's really clear that that wouldn't really solve anything because the general belief is that sky news would
0: just wither and die without without the parent basically so do we have any insight about which way the cma decision will go and, and whether the remedies proposed will be satisfactory We do
1: have some insight, thankfully, because the CMA is fairly transparent. It published third-party responses, main-party responses, and actually a number of really fascinating, um, not so surprising, but still fascinating responses came out of third parties. I'm talking about whether, you know, we've got former employees here talking about whether Rupert Murdoch or James now I suppose, ever influenced, tried to influence the content coming out of Sky News.
0: And I, I should just mention that
1: I am a former employee of Sky News. Well, there we go. I don't know if you've ever approached you, but of course with Andrew Neil, the BBC presenter, he used to, to edit Sky News and he said that no, he didn't really feel there was any influence coming from up above. But it's really worth sort of trawling through those because there are some fascinating responses.
0: And what about the political aspects of the review?
1: Very much ongoing. So as I mentioned just now, the third-party responses, the coalition of um, political opponents to this deal, including Ed Miliband and Viz Cable, they did in fact get an audience with the Competition and Markets Authority. And uh, con- very consistently they've spoken about the phone hacking scandal in relation to um, Rupert Murdoch and James Murdoch and what happened at News of the World and how that makes them unable to lead the company in a way that means they should be able to acquire the rest of Sky News and Sky Um, but they've also been able to talk about uh, 21st Century Fox sexual and racial harassment discrimination cases now so they've really had quite a lot of material to go to the CMA with Uh, so that's the very direct political impact and then of course indirectly the position of the Secretary of State that's um, non-political supposedly but of course it's you know, that you can't completely
0: separate the two, is the argument. And to complicate things further, there's news from the US that Fox has been approached and could sell its 39% stake in Sky. So how's that going to evolve? And is this just going to end up with Fox disposing of the asset instead of acquiring it?
1: Yeah, that would be annoying, wouldn't it? And yeah, there's been there's been several reports coming from the US about Disney, Verizon, Comcast, all these potential players um, actually acquiring Sky and uh, and various other assets owned by Fox it's not, not just Sky by any means um, so from sources they're basically saying that it would be incredibly difficult at this stage to really extricate for Fox to extricate itself from the process um, they have to wait for the CMA to firstly give a a judgment on this and then if the CMA does not block it then they are completely compelled to put the offer forward so it's very very difficult under the UK takeover code to actually abandon it now at this stage so it does seem a bit like weird timing having said that um, the general feeling from sources is that if the CMA does decide it doesn't want this deal to go through then Fox will sell its 39% stake in Sky, that's I mean, James Murdoch has previously said that it's not a long-term plan or solution to just hold 39% of Sky, so they will look to divest that if the CMA blocks the deal. Um, so that's why all this interest from these various US players is potentially welcome.
0: Great, thanks, Sam. Now, our attention turns to shareholder activism, which is on the rise in Europe. Some of the region's biggest companies, such as BHP, Axonobel, and Nestle, are learning how to contend with activist shareholders. My colleague William May spoke to one activist investor, Gregor Graeber of Verizon Capital, about his approach to activism.
2: Gregor, Verizon's been around for a few years now. Tell us what's been going on in the past uh, year with, uh, with your investments and,
3: and with your business internally. Thank you for you know, asking me about what happened in the past. We're probably more caring about what's going on in the future. But uh, the first three years, we have uh, done pretty well. We have generated an annual r- return of 16 percent, on average cash holding of 23 percent in our fund. So I think that's not too bad. Uh, we have had uh, 12 investments so far. Four we have done already an exit, and we're just building on our next level of the future of vibration. And we're learning by doing. We're learning by seeing what's going on in the market and also changing ourselves a bit.
2: If, if we could just stick with the past just for a second. Uh, I mean you have had some good exits. Uh, kuoni was one. Could you just run us through, you know, your approach in that case and, and um, how you would differ as a constructivist and an activist?
3: You know, the, our big advantage is it's our home market. We know the companies for years and years. We have a network, we have, uh, uh, with our fund, uh, long, 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 long duration of our investors with the locked money, so we can be very patient. We can engage ourselves early on and sit on the round table with management or board of directors, not being loud. It leaves them room, you know, to find other solutions, talk with them thesis, talk with them solutions. And hopefully, you know, they take or pick up one of our ideas. Maybe if our thesis are wrong yeah. and they have better ideas, we're also happy as long as it provides, you know, shareholder value uh, and helps us to fill up the gap of versus uh, where we see the intri- intrinsic value of a company is. Sure. So the, the, what, what happened in Quony was was very typical. You know, the company uh, for years and years in crisis, uh, investors didn't know really where the value of the company is. And after one of the latest profit warnings, everyone was uh, dipping his shares on the market. And for us, analyzing the company, analyzing them with deep know-how, with detailed analysis, with uh, tremendous diligence like private equity does it. We thought the value, intrinsic value, would be at least uh, double. And, uh, you know, six months later, private equity bought it up, even at a, a little bit of a premium versus our internally calculated intrinsic wow. value so that was that was good but obviously we, 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 we made due diligence once we entered the position and we made a due diligence also once before we exited so we were part of the takeover commission we have taken you know our role serious to see you know that there's not going to be something which we have overlooked or the value is completely wrong calculated and someone makes a, a better deal than we thought mm-hmm. so serious work at the beginning, serious work when you're engaged and serious work before you exit.
2: Okay, so do you typically um, target an MA exit or do you keep an open mind with where the investment's gonna
3: go? No, we, we're completely open-minded. You know, we have a different way, you know, some companies just filling the intrinsic value gap, other ones we want to help to grow, to build the business, reposition themselves. Others obviously once they're focused again, you know, and MA opportunities come up immediately. But we also in other cases, we're very happy, you know, if the company can grow by being the acquirer themselves and not being, you know, being bought out from the market. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. really case by case difference. And I think what is very important is that we have stay on power. And with the stay on power, you know, uh, we, we normally don't wanna uh, let a company go unless, you know, the valuation mm-hmm. is so rich that it doesn't generate any more fund value for our mm-hmm. fund holders. Mm-hmm. And you do, uh, have a few of your people on on
2: boards of your investments, don't you? You, you Would like to have a, a representative there to, to shepherd the
3: investment a little bit? Uh, only when we think that we have uh, better candidates than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we source external candidates, we are, which are totally not affiliated with us, and you know, then then that's that's fine, mm-hmm. you know. But we, we challenge the whole board of directors. We we want to make sure that the company has you know all the competence which they should have and in some cases clearly it's good to be on the board uh, like we are now with uh, mm. three companies mm.
2: and i mean i know you don't want to comment on you know any other invest investors' situations and activist situations but do you feel like the climate in switzerland in particular um is becoming more receptive to
3: activism or constructivism Yes, for sure. You know, that's, that, that's quite clear. If you watch the media, uh, the media is overall actually quite supportive to, to okay. shareholders. Uh, and, you know, it just links to what happened in Switzerland in 2014, where basically the population of Switzerland has voted with a two-third majority in favor of the Minder initiative, which gives shareholders much more rights, okay. but also more obligations and responsibility. So therefore, you know, that just fits to that corner uh, but, you know, every shareholder has a different view. Every shareholder has different rights to act differently. And that's the reason why we don't want to talk about other other shareholders mm. or campaigns. You know, a shareholder is a shareholder. He buys with a hell lot of money his, his shares. And therefore, he should act in the way he wants to do. Mm. And just finally, in terms of the Swiss market,
2: um, even for MA, I mean, I know when you started the fund, you had a very specific set of um, parameters that you, you believed would be a driver for your business model. Is, has that changed in any way
3: over the past uh, three years? Within our portfolio holdings, for sure. You know, we, we're learning by doing. We're, we have to be our own activist on our own business, you mm. know, and we have to adapt to the next level. Basically, we're just about to remodel a little bit our, our internal organisation Uh, we were good for the sprinter competition and we did there pretty well now it's uh, we're entering the marathon and we're learning that our way is much more industrial know-how strategic analysis more you know the consulting business than just doing spreadsheets as we maybe thought at the beginning could help us more Uh, as we don't do in financial engineering you know our way is clearly you know bringing in people competence from the industry and that's the way we're going forward
2: Fantastic. Okay, well, thank you very much for chatting with us today.